I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. was from uh, yesterday in the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C., as uh, former Representative John Lewis uh, lies in state there in the Capitol Rotunda. And uh, that's where we're going to spend our uh, last few minutes together uh, today is uh, going through. I uh, wrote a piece for uh, Deseret News on Deseret.com, remembering John Lewis, a man more interested in building bridges then burning them. You can check that out on our Facebook page. Make sure you like our Facebook page and follow along. Join the conversation there. Uh, you know, over the last week, uh, the late Representative John Lewis, uh, over last weekend, actually, he he crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge one last time. Uh, the caisson carrying his casket slowly and solemnly crossed that bridge where Lewis nearly lost his life decades earlier uh, in the midst of a peaceful protest. Uh, that bridge was a beginning of sorts uh, for this famed civil rights leader. On Saturday, Saturday, the bridge marked the beginning of his final march uh, towards his final resting place uh, with an important stop, uh, I think, at the United States Capitol where he is currently lying in state. There will be a private funeral on Thursday. Uh, but as I mentioned, Representative John Lewis was always more interested in building bridges and crossing them than he was in burning them. And for decades, uh, Lewis served as the bridge. He really was the bridge back to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the the vital movement towards civil rights, equality, justice. And on Monday, yesterday, uh, he reached even further back. And Representative Lewis became a, uh, a binding link to President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Lewis is the first black member of Congress to lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda, and personally, I believe it is fitting and proper that his casket, his casket rests on the very same catafalque upon which President Lincoln's rested in 1865. And that's that stand uh, that the coffin uh, or casket rests on. Uh, really interesting if you go back uh, into Abraham Lincoln's uh, many speeches. Uh, he delivered a speech on July 10th, 1858 where he spoke very interestingly. He said the electric cord in that declaration that links the hearts of patriotic and liberty-loving men together, that will link those patriotic hearts as long as the love of freedom exists throughout the world. And I, I love that visual of that electric cord. 
uh, found in the Declaration of Independence. And both Representative Lewis and Abraham Lincoln recognized that that cord, that electric cord in the Declaration, that all men are created equal, would require the American people to be led by the principles of freedom and guided by the better angels of their nature if that was ever to become a a reality. Both men believed that America's march would lead it ultimately through a very familiar story, the story of redemption. Redemption requires the kind of deep humility which then enables true patriots, the vision, to actually see beyond the years. And that's the test. Uh, I remember very clearly uh, during my time in Washington, D.C., almost every night I would walk through the Capitol Rotunda very late at night, and I would often pause and spend a few minutes uh, standing there in the empty rotunda, uh, dark, quiet. Uh, But I would often look at that majestic painting of General George Washington resigning his commission to the Continental Congress. To me, that is the most extraordinary moment. Uh, It's one of the few times in history where the commander of the conquering forces didn't uh, immediately take over, have complete authority, full command and power. But instead, Washington did what he gave the power back to the citizens and to their representatives. I, I always marveled standing there in that empty rotunda late at night at Washington's humility and his great vision, his belief in that redemption story. And then I would look around the rotunda, uh, and of course in the rotunda there's a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, the sculpture was revealed to the world in 1986. Uh, and when they when they uh, unveiled that statue, then Senator Charles Mathias, uh, who uh, was, I think he was out of uh, South Carolina, maybe Arkansas. Uh, anyway, he uh, served as the committee chair for the uh, the project. Uh, and at the unveiling ceremony, he said that today Martin Luther King takes his rightful place among the heroes of this nation. And I think that's right and true. Likewise, uh, I have always marveled at King's humility, the greatness of his vision, and his belief in America's binding redemption story. And, you know, I always found when I was back there in Washington in those, in those midnight hours, in the quiet and stillness of the empty rotunda, uh, you can hear, uh, you can sense, you can know the principles of freedom that gave Washington and Dr. King and, and many others of those heroes there the resolve to lead America towards its better self, not towards perfection, not uh, some thing that we've made up, but to our better self. And I think uh, Representative Lewis understood that. I think he got that. Uh, Many of you are familiar with that in 2009, Elwin Wilson traveled to Washington and met with Representative Lewis, uh, who was a respected congressman at the time, And uh, Mr. Wilson, Elwin Wilson, had been part of the mob that had beat Lewis and other civil rights protesters. And he came and asked for forgiveness. Wilson asked for forgiveness. Lewis frankly forgave. Both men were connected in a belief of the divine redemption of man and the earthly, earthly redemption of the nation. They shed tears together. They embraced and they emerged from that meeting calling each other brother. Love that. As the Associated Press noted, uh, Lewis's life was an example of activism fueled by religion. 
And to me, this is the cautionary tale. The nation has got to be weary and wary of banishing from the public square the very faith that fueled the rise of freedom, liberty, and justice. The genuine heroes and heroines in our history, including Representative Lewis, have relied on such faith and such religion to bring forth a new birth of freedom in this country. So today in the rotunda in our nation's capital, the the heroes of American history look down and have been joined by another hero, a hero of humility, vision, and redemption in Representative John Lewis. So in in crossing the the bridge of death, as we know, Lewis has joined those heroes of American history, and he will forever be that link to Martin Luther King Jr. and all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. We can do the same. We, too, can build bridges. We can cross them together uh, and get to a far better place. And I think on a day like today, in the stillness of the rotunda, Uh, If you bowed your head in honor of Lewis, you could hear Lincoln's redemptive plea for the American people to hold fast to that electric cord of the Declaration of Independence and unite, as we always do, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish up the work we are in to bind up the nation's wounds. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Desert News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.